as the prayer leading into the sermon today. Please say the Lord's Prayer with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The film director Stanley Kubrick said that he thought his movie The Shining was a hopeful movie because it believes in the afterlife. Considering that this is a terrifying movie about a haunted hotel, that is a bit of a stretch. But he's right. It's just a different perspective. It takes an idea you think you know and says, this is not what you think it is. So when I got to thinking for this summer about forgiveness, I kept coming back to the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. And I find it a hopeful prayer, but maybe not for the reasons that we've thought it was a hopeful prayer up to this point. These days, I find it a hopeful prayer because it believes in group forgiveness. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. This prayer and what we think about forgiveness may not be what we think it is. So the title of this series, going back a couple of months and going through the summer, the best title that we could come up with was Forgive Forgive, 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 and forgive. And the reason was is that we're doing these kind of five angles on forgiveness. At least five, but definitely five. I forgive you. Will you forgive me? We forgive y'all. Will y'all forgive us? And then already what I've heard in conversations may be the hardest of the five angles. I forgive me. We'll get to that one next week. But it's that we and y'all business that sometimes we don't spend enough time thinking about. Especially in this age of the individual. And can we even imagine what it means to say... We forgive y'all, much less will y'all forgive us, and do we actually have a place anymore? Because we have so individualized everything, can we say, forgive us our sins as a group, as one body? And I'm not sure. So just to get us started, again, let's read the whole section that we read earlier. And as we do, think about what it might mean for us to ask for forgiveness. So again, Matthew 6, 5 through 15. This is all Jesus talking. 
Okay? This is Jesus saying this. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So I bet a lot of you here have heard that before, and you've spoken the Lord's Prayer more than once in your lifetime. And if you've said it out loud, we all, as we are saying it, kind of pause at one point when we have to kind of wait and hear how the leader is going to translate, is it debts? Is it trespasses? Is this one of those who likes to just come out and say sin? And I got to thinking about that in getting ready not only for this sermon, but for this series. Debts, trespasses, and sins all have a little bit different feel and angle to them. A debt, I mean, just defining the word for what it is, a debt is... I borrowed some money from you, and I have to pay you back. It's not the same as trespassing. Trespassing is I'm standing somewhere I'm not supposed to be standing. And then sin you know, can mean any number of things. And I'm going to go much deeper into it than that just to say maybe we need all of those. Maybe at times, just depending on any given Sunday, we need to say debts. Sometimes we need to say trespasses. Sometimes we need to just come out and say sin. But here's the other thing that I find interesting about this prayer and how it wound up in a series about forgiveness. Everything in this whole section that we just read, except for one sentence, is plural. It's to a group of people. It's not to an individual. In fact, and I think this is the way that this whole section should be translated, verse 5 would begin, and when y'all pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Then 6 switches to singular. 
But when you pray, go into your room and close the door. The thing is, is that even if you are by yourself in your closet with the door shut, the prayer that you are supposed to pray is, Our Father in heaven, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So even the individual prayer has a little bit of a plural feel to it. And I find that interesting. So what if for this prayer, for us exploring forgiveness this summer, what if even the verse, and again, I'm going to throw some curveballs today, but what if even that singular one might be when y'all pray, go into y'all's room and shut y'all's door? What if that can be us right here, right now? This is a prayer meant for a group of people. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. So what about this forgiveness that Jesus teaches us to pray in the Lord's Prayer? Us. Is this about us learning how to be forgiving? Well, yes, but how much time have we spent these years as Jesus' people? How much time have we spent on learning forgive us? And as we forgive. Jesus lived among the people of God in Israel. And apparently it was a group of people who forgot how to forgive debts. You ever heard of the Jewish tradition of Jubilee? It has to do with the land. It has to do with slavery or at least indentured servanthood. And it has to do with debts and forgiveness. So in this tradition, you never heard of it, just sort of a survey tradition. In this tradition, every seven years, on the seventh year, the farmers were to let the land rest. No crops, just let the land rest, which also meant that the indentured servants got a little bit of rest too. Everybody, every seven years, It's a sabbatical year, but get this. At the end of every seventh seven-year cycle, right? so every 50 years, the land not only took a rest, the servants not only took a rest, but if, for whatever reason, you were indebted to someone and they said, well, you're going to work for me, on my land until you pay off this debt. If you hadn't paid off the debt when that 50-year jubilee hit, guess what? You're free to go. It It was a tradition. But I think it was also a reminder that no matter how indebted we get and no matter how much we hold others indebted to us, that in this tradition of jubilee, God sometimes steps in and says, not so fast. There's more to this, and this is bigger than just your debts. What kind of world would we live in if every so often all debts were forgiven? And I'm wondering, 
does the history of Jubilee inform, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors? Do we have anything left in this hyper-individual culture? Do we have anything left where we forgive and where we are forgiven? Have we so separated, have we so divided into these individual little worlds that we've constructed for ourselves in our own image, do we even have the capability of hearing we anymore? us anymore. I think this is one of the reasons we have such a hard time with this. One of the reasons is that we have wedged collective forgiveness completely out of our culture. So quite honestly, I'm not sure what to do with this. I'm not sure how to preach the rest of this sermon. I'm not sure what to say other than to say, if we as a people, if we as a body are going to begin asking God for collective forgiveness, maybe the first thing that we should ask God for is, will you forgive us for not being able to ask for collective forgiveness anymore? Because we're so separated. Everything is so divided. And then there's that other plus one statement, as we forgive those who sin against us. Now, that one used to bother me on an individual level, but it was never supposed to. It was never supposed to. Because lately I've been thinking about what it means to say we forgive y'all. And what are we supposed to do with as we forgive those who sin against us? Why do you think that the first mention of forgiveness in the New Testament, at least whenever you read it from start to finish, Matthew through Revelation. Why do you think the first mention of forgiveness in the New Testament is a plural corporate prayer for a group? I think it may be on purpose. Is it because they saw themselves as a people rather than a gathering of individuals? God forgive us. Do we even know how to say that? This may seem like a curveball, but it's something that I've meditated on deeply for the past two weeks while I was away. I think that for us as a church, as a collection of Jesus followers in this place, we need to spend some time, some real time, seeing ourselves as a people not as groups, not as demographics, not as different ages, but as one people. This prayer is the very foundation of everything we need to be thinking about these days from a standpoint of forgiveness. It is hopeful because it reminds us that this was originally meant for us, not me. And that even on those days when I go into my room and shut the door, I am praying, forgive us our sins. And if the church of Jesus needs anything today more desperately than anything else, it is to remember that we are an us. 
And then if we've begun to think of the church as here for me, I have completely missed the point. The Lord's Prayer is the place that reminds us that collective forgiveness is possible and real. But today, most importantly, it is a reminder for us forgetful people that the people of Jesus are just that. We are a people. We are one in the Lord. If the church of Jesus has any hope going into the future during these uncertain times. Let us stand on the hope that God still has the power to make us a people. A united people firmly united in thy kingdom come. A united people firmly united in thy will be done. A united people firmly united in God as the giver of daily bread and for the love of God, a united people firmly united in a forgiving God who in all of God's power is shaping the new creation with nothing less than making us into a forgiving people. Amen. Now, once more with feeling, let us pray as the Lord taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen, 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 amen.